The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. This week, we're going to tackle topics like confessing your crush, yogis, and moving on after <laughs> infidelity. But first, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that we are not licensed in anything. Yes, nothing at all. We Neither of us have a license other than a driver's license. Yes, that's right. Um, and I have lots of parking tickets <laughs> I know, I <laughs> in cool. the course of my life. I do. I mean, like they're all paid off now, but let me just tell you, they will haunt you out from out of state. The That's... ghost of parking tickets past. Yeah. Because if you get too many you. parking tickets that you don't pay, they suspend your license. I know nothing about that. <laughs> that may be a lie. <laughs> this is all to say, please take our advice as you see fit in your life. It is your life, not ours. Sam and I are just here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs on the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience. That is love. Welcome to episode 84. 84. I think I said the numbers wrong sometime over the past couple of weeks. But I think so too. <laughs> people just, you know, it, it, it doesn't affect the quality of my work. <laughs> Accuracy My ability is, to count yeah, right. your accuracy doesn't, is not your strong point. Nope, it's not. It's not. Um, it's my strong point is more like the woo-woo yeah. heart stuff. Nuance mm -hmm. is your strong point. Mm -hmm. Like numbers, uh, what even are they when you really think about it? Uh, literally like just symbols. That's right. Somebody made them up. And we all <laughs> and just who? were like, cool. Yeah, sounds good. 
Uh, definitely turned off some people at the beginning of this episode. <laughs> They're like, we don't trust these fucking people. Okay, so what's our check-in topic today? Great question, Sierra. <laughs> it's powerful to say my name, right? Like you got you weirded out when I'm always like Samuel, but. Uh, so our question comes from uh, Jordan Schulz from Portland, which, by the way, this is the second uh, check-in that Jordan Schulz from Portland has sent in. So, like, shout out to you for doing a great job, Jordan. Do you Jordan. remember the first one? Yeah, it was about hygiene. Oh, fun. Okay, Yeah, cool. which was, like, forever ago. But, yeah. Um, yeah, so the question that Jordan asks is, basically, do you have a list of things that you're looking for, like, when you go on, on dates with people? Yeah. Like, do you have something that's sort of, like, run you have like a checkbox that you need to like go through to make sure that they have cool. all of the things so sam and i are going to imagine that our current partners have disappeared mm-hmm. like not just like they, they didn't exist yeah, they, <laughs> you know, yeah. they zapped out of the universe that's right like and we don't even remember them right so like it's not like we're heartbroken right but we maintained all the healing we <laughs> we did over the past year years with them yes Okay, yeah. cool. Uh-huh. So they're zapped out of our lives. And right now we're both on dating apps and we are looking for what? What are you looking for? A human man. <laughs> Bar is low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me too. I'm looking for a human dog. <laughs> anyway, okay. So, but in seriousness, like what's the first thing you would say that you look for in someone else? Um, I would be looking for a person that is uh, looking for something more than casual. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's so important. <laughs> You're right. Um, I'm not off super the bat. Good at, yeah, I'm not super good at hookups. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, would be looking for someone that is interested in getting to know each other um, and seeing where things go. I think that is such a good, like, life reminder that, like, the number one thing you're looking for is not, like, attractiveness or finances or whatever. It's availability. (laughs) Is this person emotionally and physically and uh, psychologically available to me and interested in me? Yep. A.K.A. not with somebody else unless that's your jam or, you know. Yeah, I mean, at least for me, right? Not with somebody else. Right. Because that... Because you're monogamous. Could not handle that. Right. Uh, Also, like, able to be physically, emotionally, and psychologically available to me. Yeah. So not just someone who's, like, going to flit in and out of my life uh, or who is going to want to uh, get to know me but not actually, like, show any vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I'm going to jump off of that and and say something that I was going to say for the end. Mm -hmm. But I need to know that the person – I'm looking for somebody who is – um, has at least started their healing journey mm-hmm. to heal some of their childhood wounds, any trauma that they've experienced mm, in their life. Good. They, um, I don't, at, at least at this point in my life, I'm not looking for a partner um, that I'm going to usher into their higher self. I'm looking for a partner who is committed to that higher self work already. For sure. I'm just imagining someone coming in like halfway into this conversation and being like, wait a minute, did they both break up with their partners? <laughs> yeah, we did. Yeah. <laughs> no, uh, they were zapped from our universe. <laughs> zapped from the universe. Right. Um, yeah, but like, so those are sort of the baseline things, at but least for people me. People forget that. True. People forget that, that that is baseline. No, that and is true. to be honest, I have forgotten it. No, like too. in my tiny, t- uh, my singlehood time. I have gone on a couple dates that turned into 
too many dates mm-hmm. with people who like didn't meet my baseline. <laughs> right. Who were not emotionally available for right, me. Right. Yeah. Right. And uh, it's just like a good reminder that that is like like the simplicity of saying I'm looking for somebody who's interested in me. That's true. And giving ourselves the space to, to like for us to take up space in our needs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but those, so those baseline things out of the way, what are some more, um, let's call them light or superficial things that you're looking for? Not superficial, like, um, in a negative way, but just not like the heavy, have you been to therapy about your mom issues? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that's really hard. Like, I think, I think that in the past I had a list of things Yeah, and then I realized that list wasn't serving me and was like was sort of ruling out people who I was actually compatible with, but they just didn't fit the list that I had in my head. Do you feel comfortable sharing what that list used to entail? Yeah, like uh, they have to be taller, <laughs> my height or shorter. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's funny. Why? Uh, Were you just like threatened by taller people? Because Taller if, people freak me out. Because you're tall, but you're not like super tall. You, you're, what do you? Six five? feet. Yeah. Yeah. So I operate in a place where I'm usually as tall or taller than everyone. So like taller people really freak me out because I don't know what to do with my body when I'm around them. <laughs> That's the most <laughs> vulnerable thing you've ever shared on the podcast. Yeah. Um, but I think like other things like what type of job they had mm. or um, like where they were from, like was more. I was like looking for some of those things. Um and I just sort of realized at some at one point that it was like, it doesn't I shouldn't be judging people for these things. And I should be like looking at the person themselves. And if they're able to show up for me in the way that I need them to, um, if they are working on themselves to become a person who is happy and healthy and whole, and if they like fit into my life and I fit into theirs, right? Mm-hmm. Like those were the main important things. And it was less about like, how tall is that person? Or like, what? how much money do they make? <clears throat> right. Um, that said... I did come up with that list because I had dated a number of like people in the service industry who like, but the issue there was not that they were in the service industry. The issue there was that they uh, worked and worked weird hours. And so I couldn't hang out with them and then drank all the time because they went out with their friends after they, and as a person who was a server, I can attest (laughs) to that server culture and, um, yeah, no, that's not no a shame, negative like, comment, but no, it's more I, about compatibility, like when I worked timing. At the, yeah, when I worked at the coffee shop and, like, worked from 6, 6 p.m. until midnight, too, like, my work hours were really weird. And I was also, like, drinking all the time, too. So, like, yeah. I'm, it's, like, no tea, no shade. It's just, like, when I got to a point, I realized that I didn't want someone who was working those hours and then also going out every night. So, but I think something that we can glean from your experience having a list or not having a list is... That maybe the next step up from the foundational needs is does their lifestyle mm-hmm. fit it not, not just fit my lifestyle, but is it compatible with my lifestyle? Yeah. Do they um do they participate in activities that I want to participate in or that I can co-sign, that I feel safe around, that I can grow in, that I can enjoy? Yep. Do we have time to see one another? Mm-hmm. Are we in the same space? You know, like I'm a chronic long distance person. Yes, you are. Uh, <laughs> do not appreciate that eye roll. <laughs> um, and and so like for me in that moment, the whether like do, do does this person have the ability to see me 
on a somewhat regular basis mm-hmm. um, was important to me. Just like, do our schedules fit, right? Yep. Uh, do they have a lifestyle that you can get behind? For sure. I always want to know if they're rude to wait staff. Mm-hmm. That is sounds silly, but it I just could not hang. Right. If you were rude to wait staff, no, that's legit. Because they because if they're rude to wait staff, then then it's a reflection of how they think of themselves and how they think of other people, right? And like, funny story, if, yeah. I that date that couple dates that turned into too many dates. Uh-huh. Um, the fucking only reason why I don't have a five star rating on my Lyft app is because I was in the lift with this guy and he was a huge dick to the driver. Oh, Jesus Christ. I know. <laughs> I should have left him then. I think I did shortly after, but Oh my God. That just, almost happened to me once where I was like at a on a bachelor party with someone and the bachelor accused the driver for no reason of being homophobic because he was gay and drunk. And that's right. what gay and drunk men do sometimes. <laughs> The accountability in and that I is was so funny. Like, I was like, you cannot do this because this is going to affect my rating. Oh, my God. I was so I embarrassed. Shut him down. Honestly, I, I'm like, I think it's important to share that story because, like, I didn't break up with him, even though it was so mortifyingly embarrassing to me. Um, and it's just a reminder of, like, how easy it is, even for somebody like me, who's, like, really in tune with their emotions, who makes so much space for my emotional mm-hmm. maturity and, like, development, to ig- it's still so possible for me to constantly ignore my, <laughs> yeah, right. my own boundaries and uh-huh. my own feelings. Um, yeah, it's a shame. No, I get it. What's, like, boundaries a what's like a surface-level thing, like, nice-to-wait staff that you look for? I don't know. Oh. I never, like, listen. Or, like, or what's a bar? Like what's what's like what's a what's something that you need or a deal breaker? Um, my I mean my biggest deal breaker was like if the person is going to be no. My biggest thing is like I had trouble going on dates with people who were intimidated by me, which is a thing that happens sometimes. Interesting. <laughs> Tell me more. Uh, because it feels like. If I'm going to go into a space and act like my authentic self and you are intimidated by it, then it is I don't want to have to go through the thing of having to make myself smaller so that you feel more secure with yourself. Mm-hmm. Totally. And that's not, I feel like that sounds like a really asshole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've been on a number of like I went on a number of first dates with people where I was just like being myself and and having a conversation and asking them questions. And it felt like they weren't. Like they weren't able to share them their whole selves, and I yeah. can like I can own part of that because I am a very direct person frequently and uh, state my opinion often. Um, but if you're not able to like hang with that, then I then have to police my own behavior towards you in a way that is hard for me to do. I think I um, I relate to that in in communication, mm-hmm. like that communication is really I am an uh, extrovert, even mm-hmm. though I really need my alone time. And so communication comes a little bit easier for me than it does for other people. And in dates, when I felt like somebody couldn't match my communication style, I, I felt like I had to overcompensate. And yeah. then I wasn't being my authentic self. It wasn't, right. quote unquote, flowing to yep. use like a more hippie term. For sure. And that's anytime that we are, pu- anytime that we're p- put into caretaker or roles or like um 
uh, anytime we have to accommodate somebody else's needs, especially in the very beginning, the first mm-hmm. couple dates, then we're not really being our authentic selves right. and we might be establishing like an unsustainable dynamic. For sure. And that's also why... And I, that's a little nuanced and complicated, but I'm sure is. our Just Break Up people know what yeah. we're talking about. But I also, that's why that's why my rule was always to like go on a second date. Yeah. was because I understood that like, yes, people are nervous on first dates and I... <laughs> can be a lot in conversations for the first time. Uh, but if it's on the second date and we're still having these problems, then it's like not right. worth my time to to continue right. to see that person. Right. Anything that you look for in somebody's profile, like pictures that they post? Uh, if you've got a picture of you holding the fish, it's a no-go <laughs> for me. <laughs> if you're like, hey, wow, here's 18 pictures of me camping, that's not going to happen either. <laughs> That's like a huge boner for me. I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, yeah. If you have a picture of you and a dog, done. Taking my clothes off. <laughs> Say giving yes. you the deeds of my house immediately. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good place to end it. <laughs> for sure. But I mean, okay. So here's my thing about lists is that lists can be like a marker of something that you are like of a value that you are looking for in a person. Right. So like. The, the nice to wait staff thing is a great example of that because like that is a marker of whether or not they're respectful to people that are like, aren't them. <laughs> right. Right. And sort of like the the societal divide between like people who are waiting on other people. Like if you like the idea that you are somehow better than them because they are wait staff, Right. But I think the issue where I get into with lists is when the list becomes more important than the value itself. So like. How are you looking for signs and indicators of the value that you are looking for, but not just for the sign or indicator themselves, right? So it's important to be like, I want people who are respectful to other people. I want to go on dates with people who can um, engage with me in conversation and have the self-confidence to be able to to challenge me on my shit and like and do it in a really respectful way. Like all of those things are super important values to have. But if you are just trying to check off lists... That's that's not actually getting at what you want and what you need. That that sort of checkoff list reminds me of how stuck often people get in the, well, I got to get, I have to graduate college, then we have to get engaged, and then we have to buy a house, and then For we sure. have to get married. Yep. You know, like, um, what we think our life should look like when we're younger is not a set in stone thing. And, and the pressures from co- our society and our family and everything, that's not real. Right. None of this is real. Yeah. And if I had if I had ascribed to my list and kept to my list, I would not have married, married Peter. The, the most wonderful man in the world. Right. He is so the like, most wonderful man in the world. So so just as a as a I'm an old person who's been through this thing, uh, make sure that the list is actually reflective of what you're looking for because my list was not, but luckily I was able to find a way to put it aside so that I could focus on the actual values that I had, which was kindness, respect, oh. ability to to engage with me and be interested in the things that I am and challenge me on my bullshit when I need to be challenged. And be flexible to change that list. Oh, absolutely. Be flexible to get to know someone, but know your hard and fast. Mm-hmm. Know what is a deal breaker to you. Know what is your right to have a bare minimum. You know, like yep. your bare minimum is that they're available to you right. in the way that you need. For sure. And return to that again and again. Cool. Great. You want to get into some letters? Let's do it. (laughs) Sierra just pointed at me like it's my turn, but it's actually her turn to read the letter. And then we did like a little (laughs) frantic like point 
point. No, is, that, is it me? Okay, okay, right. That's like Minnesota people trying to merge in traffic. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You want to go? I, you want to go? No, 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 no you no, go. No, you first. You first. You, you first. Go, you first. You go. <laughs> and then the other person's like, I could never. I could just never go. You go. Like it's so much and then, better like, for you. Everyone on the freeway is now stopped trying to let these two people figure out how to merge. Anyway, it's local me. Local jokes get local shows. <laughs> okay. Ready? This is from Cowardly Lion, who is writing to us from Oz. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I hope you are having a great 2020 so far. I'm a recent listener to your podcast, as one of my best friends suggested to take a listen, and I am hooked. Thank you for all that you do and all that you continue to do to help us heart workers all around the world feel connected to you and each other. Now, on to my question. I have a massive crush on my coworker, and I do not know what to do. We met at work and have so far uh, worked together for a couple months. I was attracted to him from the moment I saw him, but did not do much about it. My crush only grew stronger over the next couple months with us realizing we have a lot of things in common. We are both from the same hometown area. We both went to the same school and we even drive the same car. Okay, side note, that is not a sign of compatibility. It's really not. <laughs> but we love However, you. <laughs> that's cute and charming and you're adorable. He has noted to me how odd it was that we are so similar. And for me, at least, whenever I get to chat with him or spend any time with him, I feel like we have a great connection. We all also have done some flirting that I think is pretty direct as friends of mine have com- commented on our flirting and asking why I have not asked him out yet. In addition, we went to a live performance of a show once and he was there. Uh, he complimented my hair as I'd gotten it dyed two weeks prior and how great it looked. And we got talking about relationships and general things in our lives. Later that night, my friend asked me why we hadn't hooked up yet after I confessed how I felt to her. And she asked me if she could ask my coworker the same question. I said yes, and she proceeded to ask him super directly, I might add. He responded with, quote, I'm taking it slow and feeling things right now, which sent my heart fucking 10 miles from the place we were in. You'd think after that I would proceed to ask him out to dinner or hang out, but nope. Little chicken over here did nothing besides, quote, feel it out. We hung out in work-related settings after that and some non-work things that were always in larger group settings. All positive re- interactions. Friends have pushed me to ask him out. Just tell him how I feel, etc. But I'm so scared to do so. The last time I approached a crush was in high school. <laughs> and that was less than a positive interaction. And then him being a coworker, I'm scared that the interaction will be super uncomfortable and then will make things worse for us later at work. So my question to you is this. How do you approach a crush, especially when you have a relationship with them already, like a coworker, and hope that it does not make your relationship more awkward if it does somehow not go well after i know this is probably easy just gotta shoot your shot girl but it feels more complicated somehow i have never had a crush on a coworker before so i want to proceed with caution i am also doubting myself asking if this is even something i should approach i don't know y'all i'm struggling how do i muster up the courage and what do i say to my coworker while also being cautious of our relationship all my love the cowardly lion Mm. oh lion oh so cute (laughs) okay so first things first approaching a crush is not easy it's not and it's different for everybody so for the folks out there whom it is easy for uh, they just have a different set of skills that you do or they have a different understanding of the world around them or whatever right it's different for everybody but i in general, I would say that talking to a crush or asking a crush out is hard. 
Mm -hmm. Because it requires, you know, being vulnerable and opening yourself up for rejection, which is always difficult. And in her case, it's opening up to rejection and potential future awkwardness at work. Yes. Yeah. I will tell you, Lion, that like I know lots of people who have hooked up with people at work and like everything's gone to shit and they just sort of figure out how to be (laughs) in the same space together. Yeah, it sucks, but it's like it it just happens. There are worse things that could happen and it will not be the end of the world. Yeah. Just want to say that out loud so that you can hear it and you can maybe repeat it to yourself is that like even if this doesn't go well, it will not be the end of the world. Right. No one will die. Right. The world will not implode. Right. Your workplace will not go up in flames. No one will be fired. Right. It will just be awkward. And awkwardness is... Not real. Right. <laughs> awkwardness is as real as we make it. It is. Yep. Um, and so you, if this, if you ask this person out, they say no, or even if they say yes, and then things fizzle out or implode... You will figure out a way to adapt and cope because you are capable of adapting and coping. Absolutely. I love that. I love just the affirmation of you are capable. You're you're capable of not just asking this person out. You're capable of receiving the rejection, processing the rejection, not taking it personally because it's not about you. It's about them. Right. And you're also capable of leaning into any discomfort or, or awkwardness. That you might feel. For sure. You are and capa- dismantling it. Right. You're capable of handling any outcome of this. So, Sam. Yes. Do you remember you being in a situation similar to this? <laughs> yeah. How'd it go? <laughs> uh, I just was so bad at talking to my crushes. Really? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I was. I am a flirt. Oh, I'm super. No, don't get me wrong. I can flirt really well. <laughs> but like being Gemini. direct and saying like, do you want to go on a date with me was very challenging. Oh, for yeah. Me. I think I just like waited for them to ask me. Yeah, I don't ask people out. <laughs> oh, my God. Get off this podcast. Uh, that was a joke, people. I have asked people out before. So what does that look like? Uh, you're. I mean, my way of doing it is. Uh, you are like, hey, I've really gotten or I really like getting to know you. Would you like to go out with me? Do this thing at this time on this day. Yeah, my version of that is a little bit suaver, <laughs> more suave. Uh-huh. Um, but like only because I'm afraid of rejection, I would leave out, go out with me. I would be like, hey, we should hang out sometime. Do you want to go to this show with me? Mm. Or, you like the ambiguity of it. I do. I hide in it. <laughs> and I mean, that's honestly what I would say to Cowardly Lion is uh, invite him to something where it's not a group setting, but it's a public setting, like mm-hmm. a concert. Be like, hey, do you want to be my date to this? Or do you want to get dinner with me? That's sure. so simple and forward. Do you want to yeah. get dinner with me? <laughs> it's uh-huh. terrifying, but. Yeah, I mean. I get that. I also think that like making your intentions and what you want clear is important yeah. because otherwise you're going to be like, okay, do you want to get dinner? And then he's like, yeah. And then you're both sitting there and you're like, oh my God, is this a date? Is this a date? I can't tell if this is a date. Does he like me? Is this a date? And instead of being like clear in the front and being like, yeah. hey, do you want to go out? I would love to get dinner on this date. Yeah. Also, my advice for everyone who's asking people on dates is to be really specific about times and dates because 
if you're like, hey, you want to go out sometime, then you then it's just like a nebulous conversation that never lands on anything. Yeah. And so give the person the chance to like say yes or no to a specific thing, uh, because otherwise it's going to be that people don't tend to respond to like having multiple options or no options at all. Yeah, I agree. That's that's true. I would say that applies to like online dating, too. Yeah. It applies to like work meetings, too. So (laughs) yeah. We need to have a meeting to talk about when we're going to have a meeting. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Do you think that there's anything to be said about like not dating your coworkers? I don't, but I mean, I get it. It's I mean, it makes things more complicated. And depending on where you work, like when you get serious enough, you might have to talk to HR about it happening. Um, But in general, many people I know dated people they worked with and then... Some of them are still together. So, yep. yeah, absolutely. I do think that there's like a like working together together gives you a f- maybe a lighter like not a false sense of intimacy, but like you spend so much time with them, but it's like not the bad breath in the morning time, you mm-hmm. know. But uh, so I would ask people who have crushes <clears throat> on work to do a little in, l- looking inward to make sure that this isn't just someone that you like yeah. flirting with, because that's those things are different. Like or or maybe maybe it's like the difference between a crush and someone you actually like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, or I was going to say, like somebody you like flirting with or a crush. But we'll we'll use the title crush for like the lighter, more like touristy version <laughs> you know <laughs> sure um because i'm gonna confidently say uh it's kind of fun sometimes to have somebody that you just sort of flirt with mm-hmm. um and that you know that that's the way that you that's the extent of your relationship for sure and not like heavy heavy petting flirting <laughs> yeah but just like hey you're cute and i like our energy or whatever mm-hmm. versus somebody like i want to get to know you better and I'm interested in seeing if we are compatible outside of the nine to five or mm-hmm. whatever. Definitely. But in this situation, Cowardly Lion, like I'm with your homegirls, like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing denying yourself the opportunity of knowing if this could be something better? For sure. And that's, I think that's the thing about it is that you're never going to know until you do it. Right. Right. Um, and, and so you, um, you have it in you to do this. You deserve to ask for what you are interested in from this person. Um, and that person has the right to say yes or no to that. Yeah. Right. Uh, but you, I think crushes are really hard because it, it feels like there's so much wrapped up in them. And because it's in, there's inherently an element of rejection in that. Um, but if this person rejects you, it doesn't have anything to do with you. Right. right? It uh, it. Is just not the right person for you at this time. Right. And that is okay. Right. So why not take the risk, show some vulnerability for the uh, opportunity to really get to know someone very special? Yeah. And I want to say, too, because I'm wondering if you're like, if this if this advice is helpful, (laughs) number one. But um, I'm wondering if you're looking for a way that will like advice that will make this easier. And I just want to say that, like. There's there's no magic charm or like magic words or potion that mm-hmm. makes leaning into somewhat vulnerable situations less uncomfortable. Right. 
the only thing that satiates that discomfort is having a strong sense of self, understanding what's at stake, what is real, what isn't real, mm-hmm. and like mentally um, strengthening yourself to say like I am not less of a person if he rejects me. For I'm sure. just gonna put myself out there because I deserve to. I deserve experiences, and I know that not all of like. The best experiences in my life are not going to come to me. Yeah. I have to go to them. For sure. But it's not It's not like there's no magic script that Sam and I can give you. Yeah. It's literally just going to take you getting over your anxiety. <laughs> for sure. And you can't ask for what you want or what you need uh, without facing the possibility of rejection. But you can't get what you want or what you need without asking for it. Yep. Right? And so um, I would just say that like... Take this risk. Do it. I I assure you that no matter the outcome, you will get through it. And yep. I think you having done it, whatever the outcome, will be the better for it because it will have either gotten you in the sack with this wonderful person <laughs> that you're so or into. In the car. Yeah. Wherever they it, match. Wherever it will yeah, right. <laughs> you two drag racing your matching Mazda threes down the, the road. Uh, it's first date. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, or it will teach you that like you can put yourself out there, be rejected and still be a whole human, still be able to move forward and have more tools and resources in your tool belt to say that, wow, rejection hurts, but it didn't kill me. And so totally. now next time I know that I can be rejected and I will be fine. Totally. I absolutely agree. Cowardly Lion, you are not cowardly. You are not. You can do this. Thank you for writing. Yeah. And also like accountability. You better DM us on our Instagram yeah, and tell us that you did us. it. <laughs> All right. We love you. Thanks so much for writing. All right. Y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh, my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because (laughs) (laughs) honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame 
and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. <laughs> Stop wasting yeah. you money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. <laughs> Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. All right. Our next letter comes from Kate, who is writing from Canada. Trigger warning for this letter, it does talk about sexual assault and abusive relationships. Hi, I'm a 27-year-old yogi who is desperately trying to move on from my last relationship. This has been significantly more difficult considering my ex is so intimately involved with the yoga community. I fell in love... uh, In love... (laughs) (laughs) I fell in love with yoga a year ago when I was in a really bad place in my life. I am a survivor of sexual assault as well as a past abusive relationship, but not the relationship at hand. I became dependent on alcohol to the point where I was drinking a bottle of wine a night to help me sleep. At the time, this was the only way I was able to cope until I found yoga. Through this, I was able to give up drinking and made so many wonderful friends. Then I met my ex. We can call him Brad. Brad is a yoga teacher and we became friends. He was supportive and made me feel very cared for. He asked me out three times. I was reluctant because I saw him as a friend, and also I didn't want anything to interfere with yoga and my practice. He convinced me that he would never let that happen. I started dating him, and we fell in love pretty quickly. At the time, I had just finished my master's in neuroscience, but couldn't find a job, so I had to move back in with my parents. Their place was in the suburbs, and living there was not working out, so I moved in with Brad. I know, way too quickly. We were together 24-7, and I thought things were going really well. He even got me an admin position at the yoga studio he manages. Three months into the relationship, he announced that he was going to a nearby city to visit his friends. He had a really difficult time leaving and begged me to please be here when he came back. I thought it was a strange comment, like, why wouldn't I be? We're in a relationship and we're living together. That week, he became very distant, even during a family emergency. He didn't even bother to call me to see if I was okay. He was also supposed to come back in time for a fundraiser I had spent many months organizing. He called me saying that he was going through a lot of personal stuff and couldn't come back. When he finally did come home, I asked him if he cheated and he said no. A few days later, he went into a speech about how I made him feel really grounded and he wants to explore dating someone who makes him feel alive. 20 minutes into the speech, he told me that he had a connection with someone, kissed them, and slept in her bed. 
Oh my god, that lie is so triggering to me. Like, yeah, okay, you just slept in the bed, yeah, right? Right, just slept Flashback. in their bed. He made it seem like he met them out one night drinking. I asked who she was, and he refused to tell me. Before we started dating, he had also promised that he would never cheat because he had been cheated on, and he would never inflict that pain on someone. Needless to say, I almost or I immediately moved out, but it was a messy breakup. We slept together for a while after, cried a lot. It was hard. We still work together, and I wanted to remain friends or at least try to have a professional relationship. However, every time we hung out, he wanted to talk about his new relationship. I set a boundary that I didn't want to hear it. He ignored my wishes and told me that it was hard at first, but now our relationship is really flourishing. <laughs> I can't. I can't, this guy. I really don't need to know this. Over the past few months, I started thriving on my own and started to be happy again. On my birthday, he asked if he could take me out to lunch, but the day before, he told me I wasn't a good friend because I didn't want to talk about his new relationship. Then on Christmas Eve, he insisted that I needed to talk. He needed to talk with me about the yoga studio. He said that I needed to know that his new relationship was someone I had actually met. She was a yoga teacher, and when she visits him, she's going to be teaching at the studio. It all came together. I realized that the trip to visit friends, he had planned to see her. I felt like I experienced the breakup all over again. There were just so many lies that he had originally covered up. When I confronted him, he told me to get my shit together or resign, that I should be non-reactive, and that he's only, quote, allowing me to be in this community because he knows how much it means to me. I fucking... I'm, I'm, my blood is boiling. <laughs> I know. Everybody's on a journey, but you're a slimy tool. <laughs> I feel like I'm being bullied out of working at a place that I love, and all I want is for him to take some fucking ownership of the situation. Anyway, my heart tells me that I should stand my ground and keep my job because it's our community. You don't own it, Brad. I love that his name is Brad. (laughs) No offense to Brad's out there. But I know this will involve seeing them all the time. What should I do? Any advice would be so appreciated. P.S. I did relapse, but I've been sober for the last two months and so proud of myself for that. And we are proud of you too, Kate. I know. Uh, I love this letter because, I mean, I hate it. Yes. I hate it. I love it because it makes my blood boil and that's always fun. Yeah. Righteousness <laughs> is like such a wonderful it's such thing. such a drug. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but also, uh, I really like that Kate ended the letter with that mm-hmm. to say that they were proud of themselves. And yep. um, I just feel uh, I just feel kindred with you. Not that we have similar life experiences, but like, uh, yeah, we're here to fucking big you up. All right. Yeah. Literally, my first night note is he's a slimy tool. I've already said that. <laughs> um, and the reason why I say that is not to disparage other people's journeys. Um because, again, accountability, yep. everybody's on a journey. And you know what? My ex, who, quote unquote, just shared a bed with someone. Love him. <laughs> Love that he did that. Love that for you. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that ex, um, the hardest part of accepting him and his like sociopathic lying mm-hmm. and his cheating is that like, he is well loved by his community mm-hmm. and his friends and his family, and he's gonna make somebody happy. And he's probably, you know, he's I've moved on, and he's probably moved on, and they're happy. And it's just sort of like 
the the holding the slimy truth in <laughs> like hold holding space for both the slimy truth yep. of like how fucking mediocre you are and also like how you're a human and you deserve all of the human things that I deserve um and you deserve happiness because hopefully if you're happy with yourself one day you won't be such a dick for sure to your new girlfriend anyway that all can be said about our friend Brad is that like you just he feels so slimy and manipulative and I can just like picture him <laughs> and I really fucking hope he doesn't have a man bun. Ooh, Even I though I, I love a man bun, I will grind on a man bun. I will not. Oh, I think so. Well, I think I like any femininity and masculinity. I was super into the man bun in like approximately 2014. <laughs> and now I'm like, uh-uh. Oh, I'm into it. Anyway, I'm into it or like I'm into women with ponytails. <laughs> That might be closer to the truth. Um, But anyway, so like I can picture Brad and I can just see that he's like probably charismatic and he's a community leader and. Yeah, like a like a cult leader. Yeah. I just hate him. But like you're on a journey, Brad, like get get on your journey. Good job for you. But I think what is um, I think what is so making me so angry about this situation is that um, is that he is using the things that we talk about, like head and heart work and, and like, you know, trying to be non-reactive, like trying to have responses, like all of the things that we talk about. And he's using it as a weapon against you, mm-hmm. Kate, which is what I think is probably so frustrating for you as well, too, to be part of this community that is about growth and vulnerability and openness um, and to have someone then use those tools to make you feel worse uh, is at, I would guess is completely infuriating and it's yeah. infuriating for me because like that's not the point of this the point of the work that we're doing is not to judge other people it's not to tell other people that even the, though we're like you're a slimy dick <laughs> no but like he's for sure on the journey but it's not to like tell other people that that the hurt that you caused isn't valid right. and that's what's happening here yeah. and if Brad were here I would sit him down and we would have a conversation about that for sure um at this point, I don't really care that much about Brad. <laughs> yeah. And just moment for Sam and I, uh, we have been on every single side of the the dating horrible experience. For sure. You know, um, we have been the cheaters. We have been the assholes. We have been the toxic people yep. um, because we're humans and we're trying to figure it all out. So for sure. and that, like Brad is probably thinking he's being helpful for you. Yeah, I will. I will stop shitting on Brad from here on out but you all know how i feel (laughs) um but my second note is why friends (laughs) why do you feel like we why do we collective we why do we feel like the better option after we break up is not dealing with putting in a hard and fast boundary to not have that person in our lives especially because he chose not to be in your life Mm -hmm. kate yeah why is the first instinct we so often go to is be like oh well i guess it's i guess like the the civil thing is to be friends yes of course Mm -hmm. the civil thing is to be friends but what it takes to be a friend a real friend is space, time, and boundaries. Yep. And time apart so that you can untangle your hearts, you can untangle your lives, so that your friendships can actually look like friendships and not echoes of what your relationship used to be. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, but I also, I can totally get it too, because what's hard about breakups is that like, it you often feels you like- You don't want them to happen? <laughs> yeah, right. It, it's often like, oh, not only am I losing this person- 
So I want to be friends with them. But also I might lose my community. I might lose the friends that we shared. I might lose this job (laughs) that I have at this yoga studio that this dude runs. Like, and so I then need to make sure that I am being friendly and available to this person because I don't want to lose those other things that that I'm attached to. I think that's definitely a a complicating factor at this point. But I think that's true of so many breakups too. Like you want to remain friends with the person because you want the life that you had with that person to continue even when that person isn't in it. Yeah. And the reality is, is that like breakups don't just affect the two people who are in it. It affects so many different things around you too. And it sucks. And that's, that's really sad, but that's the reality. We can't, we can't hold everything together when it is broken at the foundation. Yeah. And I want to remind people that niceness to be nice doesn't mean to sacrifice your own needs. For sure. And niceness is not actually respect. Like niceness is not actually kindness. The the respectful thing for you to do in this situation, respectful to yourself and to him, is to not pretend like you like him, right. not pretend like you want to be around him, but instead saying, I respect myself enough to say, I don't want to be part of this. I don't want to hear about your relationship. And I am respectfully asking you to not be part of my life anymore. Right. And that sucks because then it means giving up so many other things. But I, you can find other places. You can find other ways to rebuild the community that you have. Yeah. I want to talk about how to navigate that because, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Sam and I are saying like, this space, even though this community is really safe and and flourishing for you, this man is poisoning it. Mm-hmm. And it's no longer it's no longer safe for you in your life and your livelihood and your happiness to um, stay in that space while he has contr- literal control over your life. Right. Right. Um, Pretending to be friends still or or whatever that looks like. Maybe it's genuine friendship, but, Mm -hmm. you know, telling you things like you have to get your shit together or quit. Like that sounds like a toxic friendship to me. For sure. Forcing you to talk about things you don't want to talk about. Like. I think so often we think that we need to muscle through things to to preserve whatever we're afraid of losing and it doesn't give us an opportunity to see other ways that we can ha- build our life up. Right. And I don't know um, in your community what it, like what other facilities are available, what other communities are available. And I'm not I'm not 100 percent saying, Sam, and I think you should leave this community. Mm-mm. We just want you to acknowledge how uncomfortable it is for you to have to see this man all the time. Yep. And we want to tell you, you don't have to keep him in your life. Mm-hmm. And that there we're assuming that there was a way that you can be a part of this community and or build another community or or enter another community in a different way. Mm-hmm. You don't have to. He doesn't own yoga. <laughs> that is not his thing. <laughs> That's real. Um, It's yours. <laughs> right. I don't know how many yoga studios are in your city, but I can tell you that there's approximately 700 in Minneapolis. <laughs> right. Absolutely. One for Every yoga mom. <laughs> Just kidding. There's way more than that. Um, uh, yeah. So how do we navigate breaking up with spaces mm-hmm. and communities? Or uh, What sucks is like, I just don't, I think the dynamic that we're like brushing up against here is like, we don't want him to quote unquote win. Yep. We don't want to have him, yep. her lose more because, because of this relationship. For sure. 
I think the first thing that I would say, Kate, is that um, his version of how you're feeling isn't the version, isn't the real version of how you're feeling. Boom. <laughs> so like he may say that you're being reactive and like maybe you are being reactive, but you also have the right to be upset about the way that this is playing out. Yeah. Right. And so you can be reactive. You can also figure out a way to be to respond to these things as well. But I don't want you to think that that you have to adhere to his understanding of how people should be reacting to his own shittiness. Yeah. Right. Um, and so he's he did an awful thing to you, even though he's like how like putting it in this like, I just found someone who gives me life because you are the one that grounds me like no, he did a shitty thing to you and you are allowed to be upset and you are allowed to be angry with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, don't don't let yourself get wrapped up in this narrative that he is trying to create for you as someone who uh, is not holistic or like not happy, healthy and whole. Like you're not happy right now because he did a really shitty thing to you. <laughs> yeah. And I also want to say I was thinking about an experience that I had where like I was friends for so long with somebody that I had like romantic entanglements with. Yep. And the most freeing thing that I ever did was sit, sit and think, oh, no, 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 no. We're not friends. Just because we call each other friends <laughs> right. and use the F word yep. to describe each other. Like all of a sudden I was like, oh, wow, the way we interact, how he treats me, how he talks to me. That's not what a fucking friend looks like. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, I don't owe you shit. <laughs> Like, we're not friends. I I didn't have to, like, adhere to... It's not that I didn't owe him shit, right? Like, it's that I I didn't have to adhere to the social code of friendship. All of a sudden, I was then the person that he routinely slept with but didn't want to be in a relationship with. And all of a sudden, I could then prioritize myself over this fake friendship that we were fostering. For sure. I love that. So, Kate... You is don't owe this friend? man anything. Is he your friend? Right. Is he really your friend? No, he's not. He wasn't jerk. He's to your you. ex. He's your ex. Not all exes are are our friends. Um, and so you don't owe him anything. You and don't. And he's your boss. That's right. So it's like you can't be all of these things at once. Mm-hmm. He has to give you space to grieve, and if he doesn't, then you then you create that space. Right. Then you quit. Yep. But if. A way you can approach this is to say, listen, I can't be your friend right now, so I don't want to hang out on a social, on like a friendly way. I, I will work because I love being a part of this community, but I really need to establish some boundaries that allow me to move on with my life and heal in a way that I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. And if you can't respect those boundaries, then I'm going to step away from my position. Right. We haven't unpacked her having to see the new girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Okay. Earlier in this episode, we said awkward isn't real. (laughs) That's not necessarily true, but awkward isn't as is only as powerful as we let it be. Mm -hmm. Guess what? She's out there just living her best yogi self. That's right. And you, because of her existence, you're feeling pain. But you have to recognize that there is space between you and her. There is space that that. Of humanity that you don't you don't even know each other and yet somehow your lives have have crossed mm-hmm. and you don't have to work on the days that she's coming in there. You can work on the days that are coming here and just recognize that it's going to be uncomfortable, but that you are a whole happy person worthy of love. Yep. You know that you're strong enough to, w- to withstand this discomfort and that it's only temporary. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't know. I just think this guy's whack because, like, that's hella rude. <laughs> it is. Does it is she very have to rude. teach yoga when she comes to visit you? 
apparently. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think what you deserve, Kate, is the time and space to be able to yeah. heal Fuck. and to grieve. Let's right? just not even think about. Nope. I don't want to think about what he needs. I don't want to think about the ex, the new girlfriend coming because that's like a situation that she's being forced into. Right. Like, first, you need to take care of yourself. That's right. And you are, you are, uh, you have agency in this. You are an actor with choices in your own life. Uh, I know that it feels like. It, this is being forced upon you and to a certain extent it is, but no matter the fact that it is being forced upon you, you still have the ability to act and make choices, right? right? And so uh, you've been left with a bunch of shit in your hand. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so now you have to make the decision about how you get rid of that shit. Mm -hmm. It sucks that that shit was put into your hands in the first place. And I like, fuck this man for doing that to mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. But we can't change that. The only thing that we can change is what we have in front of us. And so you need to make some decisions about how you can find a place and space to be able to grieve, to heal, and to find community that isn't toxic for you anymore. And it can be here for sure. It's going to be harder to stay in this community with this person, but you can do it. Or you have the right to say, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to find someplace else. You don't owe the community anything. You don't owe the, this man anything. You can pick who you want to be friends with and who you want to associate with. This man is nothing. He is a person that you can avoid at any time if you want to. Yes. Uh, and you have the right to do that. You have the right to say no to him. You have the right to be angry and not let this person yeah. into your life anymore. You, you can avoid him at any time by taking intentional actions to protect and make yourself happy. Absolutely. And last thing, yoga is not his. It's yours. That's right. It is anyone who wants to participate in it. It is. Yep. All right. Kate. We obviously love you and feel very strongly about <laughs> yes, this letter. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for writing, Kate. Thank you. Our last letter is from PM, who is writing to us from Pittsburgh. Hi, Sam and Sierra. This is so hard. Oh, I'm judging myself for my life, and I'm writing to you because I know you won't, and I need help. You're right. We're not going to judge you, mm -mm. even though we just screamed at a yogi with an imaginary man bun <laughs> listen if you were in the room i would extend him kindness yes exactly but I'm we, more, i was more concerned about kate in that moment yeah, there we go. okay but we're not going to judge you pm i'm 29 and i'm a cis hetero female i dated a wonderful man from age 23 to 27 through medical school big move buying a house and an engagement after those things happened, I developed strong feelings for someone I met at work, cheated, had a four month uh, months of panic and existential crisis that I barely remember now, and I left my fiance. The other guy turned out to be a jerk. Mm. You once said that you had both cheated on people you loved very much. What was that like? Did it feel like ripping out someone else's beautiful heart and eating it and then feeling ill for the next two years? Yes. Because that's how I feel. How did you forgive yourselves? How did you feel good again? Our relationship had mostly been very good. We were best friends, got along great, loved each other's families, and they loved us. The one thing I could say is that we didn't have the best sex, sexual chemistry. I didn't always want to have sex with him. And when I felt that with someone else, it was like getting punched in the stomach or vagina. After dating a couple mediocre guys over the past year, I asked my fiance if we could go on a date again. I miss him, miss talking to him, hanging out with him, doing nothing with him. 
He said he was seeing someone else and also, no, he's moved on and wouldn't go back. I'm not surprised and don't blame him, but I'm crushed. I'm worrying so much that I ruined my life. It didn't help this past weekend when my mother said to my face, quote, I still think you made a mistake leaving your fiance. I know something was off. At the, I knew I know something was off at the time or I wouldn't have strayed so far. But what if I didn't try hard enough? What if that was my shot at the beautiful life and home I always wanted? What if our sexual chemistry wasn't great because I hadn't explored yet and now it would be? What if he could have tried again if I had just left and hadn't and can't because I cheated? I know the what ifs are useless. I am in therapy. I know I need to forgive myself and move forward, but I don't know how, guys. Please help me. Mm-hmm. I know. Thank you so much for writing, PM, and for trusting us with this very vulnerable letter. <sighs> let's let's go down the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Sam and I have both cheated. Yes. On partners. Yep. In the past, um, and how did we forgive ourselves for that? Oh man. I mean, <laughs> I know. Um for me, it was a recognition that I was doing the best that I could at that moment. Um and it's okay if our best doesn't look like our best is now. Yes, and it's okay if your best sucks. Right. right. <laughs> Cuz it did. Right. Um but I think recognizing that I didn't have the tools that I needed in order to maintain the relationship that I was in or, frankly, to end the relationship that I was in because I was unhappy. Yes. Um, that that is what caused me to to cheat. And um, I can own my own what I did and recognize that what I did hurt people, including myself. Right. Um, while also saying the thing that I did is not of me. It was a reaction to things that I was ill-equipped to handle. Right. Yeah. I feel very similarly. I think also a huge part of my personal forgiveness and my self-love journey, mm-hmm. I would argue, um, is sort of what you bring to my life, um, which is a witness. Mm. Um, it's somebody who says... Yes, I see you in all of this, and I still think that you're a worthy person. Um, and what, like, what's at the foundation of that is, and at the foundation of my self worth and self love for myself, is that it is impossible to be a perfect human. It's impossible to know how to do everything perfectly. Um, we all have wounds and traumas and. And triggers that we're still carrying with us, and we're and we're we're literally all winging it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like we have such a long human history, but it's a blip in in the face of the the history of the planet, and and none of us wake up. We're not computers, right? We don't wake up with the new processor, <laughs> right? We 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 are born fresh with only the tools that life gives us, and. A huge part of my self-forgiveness and my self-love is knowing that I was doing the best that I could, even if that best hurt 
myself and others, like, and accepting the fact that I am a fallible human who has the capacity to hurt myself and others. Mm -hmm. And I, I accept that to this day. Like, I will never cheat on someone again mm -hmm. because now I have the tools, like you said, to leave an unhappy relationship, to decide what my authentic desires are, yep. to process um, triggers or stimulus in a way that represents who I authentically want to be. But I know deep down in my heart that I am capable of making mistakes and I have, I have come to terms with it. I've yep. accepted that people are, are, are complicated and imperfect and right. and that's why you know I think our friendship has um really just given me the gift of somebody who stuck who saw it all and stuck around mm -hmm. right and I think so often that person for us is ourselves like mm -hmm. we we have to be able to look at the shit that we did and and look at it with some level of grace yeah and understanding just to say like wow that wasn't my best self and that is okay yep period uh, it it sounds strange but i think so much of that self-forgiveness for me um came from just accepting the fact that we are all capable i am capable of hurting myself and others mm -hmm. period it is impossible to go through life without it. Absolutely. Um, I agree with that. And I also think one of the things that was helpful for me was recognizing that I couldn't change the past. The only thing that I can change is my behavior in exactly. the present. Yeah. Like this does, this behavior doesn't, I see now looking at my past mistakes that that behavior doesn't serve me. Yep. So what do I need to move forward? And I can in some ways even atone for the things that I have done by doing the work to become a person who is able to ask for what I need, express my feelings, and do things that are as healthy as possible for me in a way that hurts people around me the least. Yes. Um, and I think that took a long time to get to that point, right? Yeah. And I admit that I still struggle with it. Yeah. Um, but being able to say, the past is in the past. I can't fix it. I can't change it. And by by dwelling on the past, I am doing a disservice to myself in the present. Right. And I am doing a disservice to people around me because I'm not learning from those experiences. I'm fixating on them. Right. Uh, and recognizing that I forgive myself for that. I was doing the best that I could. And now I can do much better because of the things that I did poorly in the past. And you know something I just realized I think forgiveness, we we want it to be like a sense of acceptance or like this. We want everything to make sense. We want everything to not hurt. You know, we want forgiveness to feel serene. Mm. But honestly, sometimes forgiveness is just being honest with yourself. Like, I did that. It wasn't good. It didn't feel good. It didn't serve me. It hurt me. It hurt yep. other people. And and sometimes forgiveness doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. But sometimes forgiveness is just letting it go. Yeah. I think that that's what it is for me. Like, it yeah, makes me feel... leaving it in the past. Right. It makes me feel more more serene because I recognize that there's nothing I can do about it, right? It is outside of my control to change what happened before. 
and to say, okay, so what is in my control then right Mm -hmm. now in this moment? How am I showing up differently and showing up better for myself and for Mm -hmm. others? Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love all of this. Yeah. I, I think about like what helped me move on from my self-loathing um, other than everything we've already said so much of it is time so much of it is like seeing other people for what they're what they are it's it's hard to be a human it's hard to be in relationships and that we don't talk about we don't out our dirty laundry mm-hmm. right we don't hang our relationship problems out into the world because it's not the social etiquette to do so. In fact, it's the exact opposite. And I'm not saying that people have to be as explicit or transparent as, you know, Sam is or our letter writers are to us. Um, But there are people in your life who have done far worse. (laughs) Yeah. And PM, I'm talking to you. There are people (laughs) in your life who have made similar quote errors in judgment or mm-hmm. di- they've gone down the quote wrong path um so hopefully just like humanizing what happened will help you give a little grace to yourself but now i want to talk about um the what ifs mm-hmm. right and i'm i'm even going to go back on something i just said i called it the wrong path and pm that is not the wrong path leaving your fiance Cheating on your fiance was not the wrong path. It was the path you took. Right. It is the choice you made. Mm -hmm. And you might not enjoy that choice, the fruits of that choice now, right? You might recognize that you wish you made a different choice, Yep. but there is no right or wrong path. There are only the choices that you made Mm -hmm. and how we're going to take the knowledge we gain from the choices and move forward. For sure. Um, That was another thing that led me forgiveness, Um, to myself is understanding that like, wow, I can either hate myself for this forever. (laughs) I can regret this forever. I can punish myself for this forever. Or I can recognize that whatever ungraceful, hurtful, messy choices I made in the past got me to here. And Mm -hmm. I don't mean here like it got me to living alone at 29, you know, or 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 wherever it led me to thing, things that I didn't like. I mean, it led me to this understanding of myself. Yep. It led me to this iteration of myself. Who knows? I never want to betray myself like this again. For sure. Yeah. I think for me, recognizing that it's not even which path I took. There was only one path, right? It, right. I made the decision, the only decision I was capable of making in that moment. Right. Right. Um, and so even like the idea of going back to that, that moment and trying to choose a different path, it's impossible. There was only right. one path forward and that is the one that I took. Right. And, um, and I think that that has helped me with some of those what ifs. I mean, they still, of course, pop up from time to time of being like, God, what if I had done this differently? What if I hadn't broken up with that person? Or what right. if I'd said yes, when that person asked me to go out again? Right. Right. But the reality is, is that no matter what, how many what ifs there are in the world, the reality is, is that there's only one path that I could have taken at any of those moments. And I took it. And here I am. And now I have the opportunity to learn to to learn from that and to sort of shift my path towards the direction that I want to go. Right. 
I think something that's really important in this healing process, PM, and I would encourage you to talk about this with your therapist, is validating the realities of your relationship. Yes, he was a good partner. Yes, you were happy. Yes, you were on this path. But part of you, a real valid part of you was unhappy. Mm-hmm. And I just want to tell you, as somebody who went from a, like, not directly, but who once had a long multi-year relationship in which I thought I was going to get married, Mm -hmm. in which in that relationship, I I also struggled with sexual, my sexuality and desire. Um, And I went from that relationship, fast forward to the relationship I'm in now, and all of a sudden, having everything I need in a partner in Willow validated the person of, like, me X amount of years ago, yeah. who thought she was as happy as she could be, even though I was unhappy in these different parts of my life. That's real. Um, the person who was unhappy or the person who you were that led you to make these choices, that person is real and valid. That person's needs and decisions are valid, even though even though they didn't like they're they're not the most graceful. They're not the kindest. They're messy and sloppy and human. But that person's needs were real. Mm-hmm. We can be, especially when we are the wrongdoers, we can fold ourselves in the, into the tiniest corner just to fit everyone else's needs in the world. But like you weren't wholly satisfied that by that relationship. And also like what your mom said was just inappropriate. Yep, it was. It's just inappropriate. But like all of us, parents are yeah. mistakes. <laughs> are <Yeah>. mistakes. Are mistakes. <laughs> parents make mistakes. Parents are right. doing the best that they can with the tools that they have available just to like them. Just like Brad. Absolutely. <laughs> just like Brad. Uh, and sometimes they say things that are hurtful because they want the best for you. Right. Right. And God, I wish that they could just do it better sometimes. Right. <laughs> but like, like all of us, we are always making mistakes. We are always um, doing things in ways that that aren't actually helping us get to what we actually want and what we need. Right. And life is that. Life is not the life is not the college, house, marriage, baby path. No. Life is slowly chipping away at your understanding of yourself. Slowly chipping away at your understanding of how to communicate with others, how to get your needs across, how mm-hmm. to have healthy healthy boundaries. And that journey literally never stops. Yep. And so you might feel like you lost the path that you were on, that you lost the potential for that perfect life that you saw, but that life wasn't perfect for you or else it would still be yours. Absolutely. And I think, uh, PM, your ex has given you something that so many of our letter writers want, which is a definitive no, right? A definitive door closed on that relationship. Um, and I I just want you to recognize that that sucks and it hurts so badly, but what a gift to be able to say, okay, now I get to close that door too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I know that the what ifs are hard. I know that it's hard to have that door closed on you, but now you have the opportunity to be able to focus on what is in front of you. Absolutely. And you get to decide how you want to move towards what you want. You get to use the things that you have done that have been done to you to become the the person that you want to be, or at least a, a closer facsimile of that mm-hmm. person, right? Because none of us are exactly the person that we want to be. Um, but you just have such an amazing opportunity in front of you right now to say, 
this can be done and I can now move forward. Absolutely. And the first step, PM, is granting yourself forgiveness. Absolutely. We love you so much. Thank you so much for writing. All right. That brings us to the blind date segment of our show. Every episode, we want to set you up with something that we think is awesome. So this week, we want to send you home with a game. It's called Red Flags. It feels weird to be talking about like a game after that like really heavy letter, but um, That's just going to do it. Just going to force our way through it. Life is a combination of all emotions. <laughs> That's right. Um, so Red Flags is this game that we played with my sister. It was so fun. Um, and our friend Heather, who uh, our Patreon folks might know from Three People, Two Mics. Right. Um, yeah. So it is a fun card game. It's sort of like Cards Against Humanity or like Apples to Apples where there's like there's one person who is single and they're deciding which date to go on. And each person uh, puts down two like perk cards, which might be like, ooh, they have the dreamiest eyes or like they're, they're a, a mer person. <laughs> <laughs> well, you put down two positives. Yeah. Uh... And then. So then they everyone does that, and then uh, you go around, and everyone puts down a red flag on the person to their left's pile. So that'll be something like, uh, but they have crabs for hands, yeah. or like something. They're, they're a serial killer, right? <laughs> or they, they're they, like they only wear clothing made out of human hair, <laughs> right? They wear a diaper because it's just more convenient. Um, and so then the person, the single person, has to decide based on the two perks and then the one red flag which date they would actually go on. Yeah. Um, and it was super fun. Uh, it was just like ridiculous and hilarious, uh, and all about relationships, which we love. Um, and it was really fun to see my sister and Sierra and Heather sort of like parse through like yeah. how how willing they would to be <laughs> like how willing they would be to put up with shit. Yeah, because you have to like pick. You know, you'd have to pick. Between three dates of like, well, this one where only wears clothing made out of human hair. This one wears a diaper out of convenience. And this one is an actual vampire, not the sexy kind. Right. And you'd have to decide which one you would go on a date with. It For was sure. cute. It was really fun. We had a great time. So uh, the game's called Red Flags. You can buy it someplace. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. You can like us on Facebook and you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Just Break Up Pod. You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship memes, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart at JustBreakUpPod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Uh, please don't forget to subscribe and leave us a five-star rating and review and consider supporting us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for $5 a month, you get an ad additional bonus weekly episode. This literally keeps the lights on, and it helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Original music, recording, editing, and producing by our good friend Big Cats. Make sure to check out his podcast, The What If Podcast. And remember, whether you can measure it tangibly or not, your wounds are healing right now. You are deserving of love. You are deserving of this peace. You are releasing the past, and you are learning to trust yourself better. There is something more waiting for you, something better out there within you. And if all else fails, just break up.